Hi people and hello my Chili Con Carnage crew, it's Chili here from Live, Listen, Race and I found a little article that I thought would be an interesting one to do a reaction to and it's basically something from the pit, it's called 10 Incredible Songs on Mediocre Albums so I thought I'd do a little, you know, review over this one, talk about the songs in question or at least the albums and get angry in the process <laughs> because I've seen the photos and I already disagree with two of them on there. Anyway, I haven't read the list. I'm just judging by the photo that's on the uh, cover here, so we'll see. Don't forget, we do streaming every Friday, so tune in for that and also check out some of our reviews. If you're new to the channel, please consider giving us a sub. Let's get straight into this. Alright, so here we are with the Pits website just opening up here and it's 10 incredible songs on Meteoroker albums and I've already got, you know, two, my thoughts on this one already but it's hardwired to self-destruct uh, destruct, as you can see on the image and Ordinary Man from Ozzy Osbourne both of which I thought were pretty good albums but anyway, music, eh? We, we all have our thoughts. Now, I'm interested to see what they're going to have here on the list of albums, what songs in question. Um, so let's just kind of get into this one here. Uh, this is published by Tim Kaufman. Let's give it a read, eh? So yes, in the world of music, there's always going to be the age-old question surrounding bad albums. Is it worse for an album to be awful or just boring? Well... Depends. <laughs> Look, writing a killer album is really hard, of course. Uh, doing that ten times or more in a row across a full album is very even harder, yada, yada, yada. With that said, here are ten times an artist absolutely smashed it on a single song but let you down on the album it lives on. So, big call here. Here we go. Let's get into it. Spit out the bone. Okay. Hardwired to self-destruct. Take it as it is, man. I think it was a very good return to form. I've listened to that album quite a lot of times at work. And Spit Out the Bone is a great song. But I still love, you know, Atlas Rise, um, Moth Into the Flame, Murder One. Yeah, it's probably average because it's such a long album. And that's probably where a lot of people can be lost. What is it? It's like 13 tracks or some shit. It's like two albums long. Anyway, yeah, sure. These um these aren't that there sorry there aren't that many Metallica albums that can really elicit a tepid response from their fans. That's true. It's kind of black and white when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, they try to push themselves forward in every single album, and no matter what kind of experiment they might try, it always elicits a strong reaction. Very true. You know, you can go back from the Black album, like they've said here, uh, load and reload, Saint Anger. Well, fuck, we know what St. Anger was like. We know that shitstorm. But, interesting here. Hardwired Assault Destruct is probably the closest thing to a generic Metallica project that we're going to get. I beg to differ, but I don't want to share my thoughts on that until I release a uh, video clip. Basically, Doz and me are going to rank all the Metallica albums, and, you know, I'll go more in-depth in my thoughts on this one. So, interesting one to see spit out the bone, hardwired to self-destruct, I guess. Uh, but, I won't go too much further into this. I think it's a really good, spit out the bone's an incredible song. Alright then, so I won't I won't go too much into this, as I said, Doz and me, we're going to do a list. So keep your eye peeled for that one. Alright, but Spit Out the Bone, absolutely great. Uh, it's a raid, interesting. So Ozzy Osbourne, he did a duet, I think it was with Post Malone, it's a raid. Uh, at this point, Ozzy Osbourne doesn't need to prove anything to us anymore, very true. He's cemented his legacy forever. You know, uh, if anything, we should applaud the Prince of Darkness for even continuing to release music. Also very true, you know, even his most recent album, the one just recently, what was it, Patient Number 9? 
still was I, I would consider patient number nine to be more ordinary than ordinary man so uh, that's just my opinion i thought patient number nine was just meh you know it had, it had some interesting songs don't get me wrong it was it had a lot of interest in duets and additional guitarists and sorry musicians i should say um but you know he teamed up with people like uh eric clapton um who else was the jeff buckley jeff beck jeff beck was on a fair few of the songs there's quite a few eclectic artists that he's teamed up with on his patient number nine album and it, it was some interesting stuff to go over anyway but yeah i think ordinary man was a really good album but a misunderstood album because everyone's kind of waiting for that crazy train type of sound they ain't coming back man randy rhodes is one of a kind it's a raid i think brought ozzy osbourne back to the spotlight especially for a younger crowd because oh my god it's post malone and he was the hottest thing around about this time and there was a few people i know who were like oh my god this is post malone song and i have no idea who this aussie is but he's crazy he sounds crazy and i'm like yeah, you don't know the half of it <laughs> but yeah you know informing them oh yeah post malone he used to do black sabbath covers and who's black sabbath oh well you know ozzy osbourne used to be part of them ozzy oh but he did a song with him yeah now you're starting to clue along so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it was a lot faster um i remember that it's a raid oh yeah good song good song i will agree it was definitely probably the strongest song on that album um i don't agree with the album being a mediocre one though just my opinion just my opinion but i think it was a really good album that he put out an ordinary man unfortunate when it goes it comes down to the name of the album uh balance van halen i haven't listened to a lot of balance to be fair um actually just quickly i'm gonna go open the balance ah oh, that was the one with the split people on the front of it wasn't it like the Siamese twins on a swing, I think. Uh, yeah, 1995. I I have a feeling. Okay, I was thinking of Van, maybe Van Halen four, but that was Fire in the Hole. Hey, don't shoot me. I love Fire in the Hole. I thought that was a kick-ass song. <laughs> Lethal Weapon four. I'm pretty sure that was using the very first scene of Lethal Weapon four. Man, just dance like, <laughs> strip down to your pants and just dance like a chicken. Go out there. <laughs> There's a fire. Yeah, uh, tacky as hell, I guess. But hey, what are we going to say? So, don't tell me what love can do. I, To be honest, I don't know that song. I really don't. So, yeah, Van Halen had a very interesting time during the 90s, uh, I guess, because what well, they had so many different singers coming and going during that time sammy hager yeah shifting alternate music song uh sorry music along with sammy hager and eddie van halen struggling to get on the same page together made balance one of their most well unstable records as it's written here not having the same punch as the last uh hager records very very true i mean i don't know Considering that they're writing it up as a mediocre album, I really don't feel the need to go back and listen to it. I have read a lot of people saying that this is just trash, if not t 
terrible. Uh, but anyway, granted, and further on reading, sorry, granted it's not like Eddie was learning to compromise here as well, since he had to play Amsterdam despite being from the Netherlands and Sammy's lyrics were about only wanting to smoke weed whenever <laughs> he's still over there. Hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> still there's nothing wrong uh, with songs like this. There's a good chance people blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. Look, I, Sorry, I don't know this. I'm, I love Van Halen, but I'm talking 80s Van Halen. Come on now. Get... Dude, uh, there's no argument when it comes to 80s Van Halen. <laughs> Jesus, that's a terrible picture. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just had to uh, go check where our producer had wandered off to. Sorry. So we're back to it. Um, no Code, Pearl Jam, and Hell Walls at it. Let's go get a beer. <laughs> this page is not sponsored by Furfies, but hey, drink it if you feel like it. Now, um, no code. People were saying... Now, I did a list, actually, in regards to uh, Grunge's worst to best albums ranked um, according to... God, I can't remember now. Rolling Stones or something like that? Anyway, and you should probably check out that review, uh, reaction, I should say, because Pearl Jam got the uh, rough end, I guess, in regards to that. And someone pointed that out, you know, a lot of the albums were pushed towards the back. But you got to look at it objectively, because... What they're up against is just nuts. You got Nirvana, you know, you got Alice in Chains, you got early Pearl Jam, uh, Soundgarden, so the big four um, of the you know grunge scene, and the stuff that was coming out of the '90s. You compare it. I, I know No Code is from the '90s, but still, you compare those albums to I don't know Pearl Jam's like 14 or 15 albums. Yeah, just statistically, they're gonna be pushed towards the back. <laughs> of course. But, uh, when it comes to being a mediocre album, No Code, I guess so. It comes and goes for me. No Code is an album I'll play through every so often, and I'll be like, yeah, that was a good album. You know, there's obviously Hail Hail, which is the choice of song that they got here. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to other songs as well from it, yeah, maybe it's not an album I come back to as often as I thought. Uh, Yield, for me, is just that album. It, it, when, when I'm talking about albums, I guess, that they consider mediocre, Yield, for some reason, it always... I don't know, I love that cover, that, that aesthetic of just driving and playing this album. Um, it's... I think Yield's a really good album, you know, fantastic, and I, it, it's aged quite well. No Code, there was a lot of um, friction, I think, around about the time uh, No Code was being recorded as well, band members fighting, um, didn't they replace the drummer, McCre uh, I could be mistaken here, but I thought they replaced the drummer around about this time. Anyway, No Code being mediocre, sure, I, I guess I can see their point. It's a, it's a hard one to digest. Kind of like the, the cover of the album. Um, it's just an interspliced images of multiple things, and it kind of seems sporadic at the end of the day. It's not a terrible album, and they're not suggesting that either, I should say. But Hail Hail, hell of a good song, of course. So, like they said here in the opening sentence, when fans talk about the golden age of Pearl Jam songs, well, they normally shut up about... Oh, sorry, they start to dry up around about no code... Yeah, that's a fair point. First three albums are killer. Uh, while nothing really changed sound-wise, you can tell that the guys were doing everything in their power to play off their celebrity. Hmm. With Eddie Vedder either trying to mask his identity or trying to be as impersonal as <laughs> possible in some lyrics here. Um, interesting. Very interesting, I should say. 
Yeah, even though half the tracks here tend to get boring after a while, Hail Hell arrives as a nice piece of chunky goodness. Yeah, it's like chunky beef, isn't it? Chunky beef pie or something. Being a uh, sort of sister song to tracks like Spin the Black Circle, uh, this is a kind of rough and tumble rocker that Pearl Jam built their legacy on. Yeah, look, it, it is a kind of callback song, I guess. Just a fantastic little uh, album there. So, yeah. Yeah, I like it. It, it is Hail Hail's a really good freaking song there. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this version of the song because it's not going to get much livelier than here. Okay. Interesting. Let's see what else they have to say. God damn these ads. I wonder if they're popping up on your screen when they're coming through. Anyway, Motley, uh, Motley Crew Theater. Of Pain. I don't listen to a lot of Motley Crew. I, I, I did watch their uh, biopic, um, Dirt. Because, shit, who wouldn't want to hear the stories of Motley Crue? They're nuts. I'm not the biggest fan of Motley Crue, but damn, they are funny. And they have some real good songs, of course. Kickstart My Heart, all the rest of that stuff. But uh, as far as the band went, I, I think I haven't played other than two albums. You know, maybe tops two albums I've played. I, I, I've listened to their singles, and that's about it. Don't shoot me, but I just never got into Motley Crue. Even after listening to, sorry, watching Dirt, I, I just wasn't big on them. I think even after, after Dirt was the first time I listened to a whole album, but I just was never really big on their sound. So I can't say anything about Theatre of Pain and whether it's a mediocre album or not. From memory, what was that, the first one after um, Nikki Six left or something? I think one of the members left and they just kind of had that thing. So, yeah, Motley Crue, I mean, even in recent times, shit. Home Sweet Home has remained a concert staple, yes, okay, City Boy Blues, I just don't know it, I just don't know the song, sorry, I can't give you anything to to go on that, sorry I can't add to this, so we'll go on with the next one here, but yeah, ah, damn it, talking about grunge, (laughs) of course, Uh, Alice in Chains, the devil put dinosaurs here, yeah, okay, okay, I kind of see what they're saying, Devilport Dinosaurs here is a kind of mediocre album, yeah. I will agree um, with that idea. Yes, there were some good songs on here. I don't know if Stone was one of the best. I just want to see, hang on. Because I thought there was another one um, that basically... What was it? What was the name of that bloody song? I'm having a complete mental blank. I'm having a great run as far as it goes, but I thought Hollow, or Pretty Done, was pretty sweet, um, yeah, Stone, yeah, Stone's a good song as well, Look, that first run, couple of songs there, the first run of songs is really good, uh, but yeah, from then on it does drop off in quality quite quickly, you know, part of the people of the band, like Alice in Chains, is how dirty and grimy their riffs can be, Jerry Cantrell, you are a beast. Uh, these guys legitimately have a song called Sludge Factory. Yes, that's true. I love that song. So it's no surprise that they do favour their more dense riffage. They always manage to get the lead out as well, though, but Stone might be uh, one of the only times that you're going to get any kind of punch on here. Yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> on Devil's Put Dinosaurs here. I remember playing the album the first time and thinking, yeah, this is a pretty good album. This is pretty solid, but... That wore thin real quick, and yeah, Black is Way to Blue, I mean, I consider that, that is a really good album, I consider it almost up to Lane Staley's era, 
You know, I will say that, yes. Because obviously, you, post Lane Staley, they're not, they're just not going to touch those first three albums. But um, I think Black Gives Way to Blue came damn close to really capturing that sound i don't want to say re you know just doing carbon copies of it but they they came very close to kind of recapturing that vigor that they had within the band that yeah so yeah you know the devil with dinosaurs here afterwards Mm, sure everything afterwards has just been a bit of a somewhat of a downhill slope but yeah first time i played through yeah it wasn't too bad second time either I remember listening to it in Singapore Airport. I think that's around the time it came out for me. And everything after that was just like, I, I just stopped playing it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll agree. It was a meteoric album, for sure. God, Jerry looks different there. Uh, Nostradamus. Interesting. Judas Priest. Again, not an album I'm very familiar with. Wasn't this album... I thought it was heralded as a bit of a comeback album, Judas Priest Nostradamus. Or am I thinking... I'm thinking of Firepower, aren't I? Hmm, I think Nostradamus came out after that. Again, it's not a uh, band that I've listened to a lot of. I listened to, you know, obviously, a lot of their British Steel and, you know, stuff from the 80s. Uh, Screaming Vengeance, blah, blah, blah. I've seen them live, actually. They're really good. Damn, they were pretty impressive. Uh, a lot of people were saying how they're very boring, they just stand around doing nothing, but not the concert I saw them at. You know, <laughs> Rob was jumping around, he even brought out the motorbike on the set. So, yeah, look, I mean, obviously he's not going to be full of energy, but even back then, I don't think he was incredibly full of energy. You know, he, got, he kind of walked around from one side of the stage to the other. Anyway, Pestilence and Plague, I don't know the song, I don't know the album, I just can't say much more than that if you guys agree with that let me know yeah so we'll move on oh god Foo Fighters Concrete and Gold Foo Fighters fans quickly post your anger at this article not me Concrete and Gold was an average album so yes run yeah (sighs) to be honest I don't think I've got I I can honestly say I haven't gone back to Concrete and Gold since its release you know they did follow that formula of just rock and stuff like that you know i mean it's what it says here as well and while concrete and gold tended to just follow the same set formula they at least kicked the door down right from the first handful of tracks yeah very true uh when you look back at every Foo fighters record the transition between t-shirt and run huh uh maybe one seamless hard cuts okay they've ever pulled off on a record Hmm, going from a slow ballad of Dave just playing guitar to actually exploding into a wall of noise. Like you're about to enter one of the most brutal pits that you've been part of. The Foo Fighters concert? I extremely doubt that, I'm sorry to say, fans. I've seen a lot of... I've seen the Foo Fighters pits, they're good. They're not brutal. (laughs) They're very good, though. But anyway, um, yeah, Concrete and Gold was just an album that I kind of forgot about. So, yeah, I'll agree with that to agree... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just I just saw the picture. I don't think I've ever watched that video clip. Interesting. Okay. The Spaghetti Incident. This is like the only album I just refuse to listen to. That and Chinese Democracy. I still haven't listened to it. It It's just... Chinese Democracy for obvious reasons. Um, Spaghetti Incident just because I guess it's like... It was a, the album, sorry, the band was imploding at the time. I mean, hell, around the time of Use Your Illusion, the band was kind of 
you know, getting too big for its boots and about to implode, pretty much on the verge of implosion and spaghetti incident was just like picking up the leftover pieces. Shit, as the title suggests, picking up leftover pieces and making an album out of it. So, yeah, uh, even though Guns N' Roses just come off one of the biggest stadium tours of all times with Use Your Illusion, no one really seemed to care. Interesting, these guys had become a shell of themselves on the road and the spaghetti incident was practically the band trying to hold themselves together with a string and duct tape and hoping for the best. Uh, very true. Uh, these kind of cover albums uh, might feel like throwaways, but hey, since um, since I don't have you... It, wasn't, it was a cover album, wasn't it? Maybe I have heard it in a bit, but I just never really got into it too much. Anyway, uh, Slash has called the band's version Sympathy of the Devil, the sound of the band breaking up. <laughs> but this is the one time where things were at least looking a little bit better. I like Sympathy for the Devil, possibly because I'm a Rolling Stones fan. But anyway, I digress. I digress. I'm fucking getting that word. Linkin Park, Living Things. Look, I never went past Linkin Park's second album. Just going to say that straight up. I'm... Not a big fan of everything they did post, you know, Meteora. I get that the music... Look, it's not all bad. I just don't like what they became, I guess. So I, I have never heard Living Things. And from memory, I think this was like... This album, I think if I'm, reading, if I'm remembering right, it was a good comeback kind of album. You know, considering the the album beforehand... Oh no, it's Living Things the one with the Archer on the front of it can't remember now sorry that might be the one with the archer if it's living things anyway i sorry i don't know the album too well can't say lie i've heard lies greed misery so i will have to agree with whatever they're saying here yes i agree so yeah let's move on that's it <laughs> that is it everyone the uh top 10 incredible songs on mediocre albums so yeah there was some interesting um songs there some things i just haven't really listened to because i don't want to or whatever or but i would guess i mean there's a few albums there that i just kind of would say weren't mediocre but that again that's my opinion that's my opinion you know probably according to popular um opinions people would say they were mediocre and uh, that's where they're getting their standard on but anyway i i think there are quite a few tracks there that just at the end of the day were not bad at all and were probably just something to yeah reflect on and go yep that was a good song but whatever <laughs> the album on the other hand not so much so there was some interesting notes there i guess uh yeah tell me what you thought below did you maybe disagree with a few of the choices that were on there maybe you thought a few of the other albums that were on this list didn't deserve to be called mediocre maybe they're your favorite maybe they're up there i know for me that's certainly the case with at least two of the albums on the list uh i'd be keen to hear your thoughts maybe the maybe some of the albums here you thought were less than mediocre maybe they shouldn't even deserve the shout out that they got anyway either way Tell me what you thought. Always keen. Read your comments and I'll try and reply to you as well. And as always, don't forget to have a great day and uh, stay spicy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Live Listener Race. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with all your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our Chili Con Carnage crew so you can get notified for all the future videos that we put out as we put out videos every Friday.
Also, we are on Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter over at Live Listener Race, so make sure to tune in over there. And don't forget to like this video so that our manager can stay very happy.